welcome to another episode of The Nerd Reserve, your favourite podcast for movies, TV shows, games, comics, all that nerd stuff. And as always, we're trying to find that sweet, sweet centre between what the critics are thinking and what the fans are feeling. I'm the Bat Fan, also known as the Dadpool, also known <laughs> as Phil Logan, whatever you want to throw out there. Mm-hmm. I have with me, as always, the enigmatic, the blondest of blonder women herself, Mrs. Marvel, Captain whoop, whoop. Fantastic. Thank you. Victoria Cotman. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you? I'm very swell. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Doing well. It's a complete lie, by the way, everybody. We were talking yeah, off. Yeah, we're, off. Off. <laughs> we're We're having a bad day. <laughs> I had a panic attack just before recording this, but I'm yeah. fine now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this makes everything better. So it does. But Spider-Man if I do sound slightly to make dramatic, things better. Yes, exactly. We are here to talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home. Full circle yes. moment because our very first episode was Spider-Man: Homecoming. Right. So this feels this feels special. This feels like we're we've gone through the phase. <laughs> we <laughs> like, have. <laughs> we've grown with Peter on his journey. We have, and what a growth. What a growth. It sounds gross, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Growth is one of those words, isn't it? It is. It's one of those like double entendre words. You're just like, oh, that's, what do you mean? (laughs) It's like moist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Excellent word. Terrible. My top three. (laughs) Yeah. I used to play a game, words that sound dirty, but aren't necessarily. Tweet me. (laughs) Squelch. Victoria Cott. Words that sound dirty, but aren't necessarily. All the euphemisms, yeah. Yeah, Squelch is in my top three as well, because that's yes. just, you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's the one. That's the one. So, friend, where are we jumping off this tall building and swinging from? Mm. See what I did there? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, let's jump off because uh, over the weekend we had the re-release of Endgame. Uh, leading straight into the premiere of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Kevin Feige has confirmed, of course, that Spider-Man Far From Home is the end of the phase, so end of phase three. Um, And we will be talking about the end credit scenes later, which is clearly the launch of phase four. So Mm. why don't we start by talking about Spider-Man Far From Home and how it fit the brief of being the end of phase three? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm spoiler heavy, by the oh, way. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, is before. literally no way to talk about this without it being full of spoilers. So if yeah, you haven't no. seen it yet, I'm sorry. Like, we love you. Go away. <laughs> and yeah. then come back again when you've seen it because all of the spoilers. Yeah, I'll give you a quick non-spoiler. It's great. Come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, I, I was skeptical when I heard not only yourself, but DL and Alex, and there were a few others that were saying that this is a perfect film. Yep. Me being the skeptical bastard that I am was like, whoa, come on now. Why didn't you just believe me? Okay. Yeah, right? I was just, I was, I'm clearly it's always not that right. I didn't believe you. <laughs> Let's just, just, but you know as well as I do. Thanks to studying journalism, you can't look at something and when somebody uses perfect, you're like, ah, you look for things, right? But I will concede Mm. that as an end to a phase, I don't think John Watts could have done any better. It was sensational. So it literally picks up right after Endgame Mm. uh, where... 
you know, I really love, so here's the thing, here's the thing where Spider-Man fits within the universe that I really appreciate and why it's such a great way to end the phase. Spider-Man is street level. Yeah, so always, it's, always. it's really easy, and especially with things like Endgame um, or Guardians or something, to get caught up in the superhero world and be kind of beyond normal life and forget that everything that happens happens on a street level as well. We touch on it in things like uh, Civil War mm. when they were confronted with the Sokovia Accords because the heroes are going around wrecking shit and people are actually you know, losing buildings, losing lives, blah, 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 because of what they're doing. And then we come back to again, come back to it again whenever we're with Spider-Man because he's our street-level dude. So yes. coming in from Endgame, they talk about the blip, which is the snap and the re-snap and the fact that five years later, everybody I just... That, by the way. So just the good. The word the blip is just really cool. That's, it's, that's a much better... Anyway, sorry. It's brilliant because it's like a skip and a record. The song keeps going, but you've missed a second. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, like this. And, and they showed it so well as well, how they had showed half of the high school disappearing in the middle of like a band playing in the gym. And then the blip happens, the second snap happens, and all these band players pop back into existence again in the middle of a basketball game. And all the basketballers like run into them. It Did was, you get the feeling when you heard Whitney Houston that it was like, you're like, am I watching Deadpool right now? Like, what? <laughs> it was on? so Deadpool-y and I loved yeah, it. And so freaking. Like, high school that like video tribute to Tony Stark and the getting images <laughs> over it was just it was perfect yeah. but dealing with the blip and the fact that um people like May blipped back into existence in her apartment but it's no longer her apartment and there are other people living there and people are displaced people have obviously lost jobs and fortunes because they would have been yeah. declared dead you know Consequences and repercussions. There basically. are consequences to it, and uh, and then there are consequences to Peter and his mental health, his level of exhaustion of what he's been through. Peter's seen some shit now. Like he's been to yeah. space, bitch. Please, yeah. he's been to space. Like <laughs> <laughs> bitch, please, he's been to space. That was great. Um, yeah. Look, I love the fact that we kind of got a reflection within ourselves, right? Because yeah. we kind of put ourselves in Peter's shoes. We've been through Endgame and we're exhausted. Yeah. We need a holiday. Yeah. So does Peter. <laughs> so he's like, listen, I want to go on vacation. I need a break. Yeah. So do we. And that was really nice to kind of have that reflection and yes. be like, yeah, that's true. Like give us something a little bit more refreshing. To stop overwhelming uh, us with the scale of the cosmic and Thanos and his army <sighs> and bring it right down to yeah. Peter and May and his friends, it is such a great rebound mm. for them to have done. Otherwise, I think you're quite right. After Endgame, it would have been exhausting. Yeah. We need the vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much. You need a vacation. You need a fresh. And that's why I loved this whole kind of Euro trip feel because as much as swinging around New York is great, like we need a different setting. We mm. needed something that's going to feel fresh. I apologize to my dog. Somebody's clearly at the door. Oh, well, they'll have to wait. <laughs> She's such Get a it. good protector. <laughs> Get him, NJ. Oh, she but, will. But yeah. There, yes. there, there. <laughs> Get him, NJ. Get him. Yeah, she gonna. Speaking of Spider-Man, I mean, that's yeah, who, yeah. That's that's who uh, MJ is named after. <laughs> MJ definitely has a vicious bark. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with MJ and her whatever that thing was, mace that she had yeah, at the yeah, end there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes. 
Where was I? Uh, You're interested. Yeah, so it's refreshing to have a different setting and to kind of have a peek at Peter's life. Because Mm. realistically, we got Spider-Man pretty much front and center for Civil War, for Homecoming. He kind of, you get the feeling like this, this is what he wants to do. He wants to be an Avenger and he wants to do this. And then the events of Infinity War and Endgame and you see it kind of weigh on him mm. how much it's going to take to be a hero. Yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, I just want to be a kid. So it was nice to see that. And I think in terms of that progression, that character mm. arc, mm. that was handled really well, I think. Yeah. So. I like that uh, we had the Uncle Ben moment of with great power comes great responsibility without having to redo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and, and uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. And that's right, and that's that's it's not a Star Wars quote, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it's it's nice that they got to do that and have the full arc of that journey of him not yeah. wanting the responsibility because he realizes it affects everyone in his life, and then taking on the responsibility without having to replay the Uncle Ben. Yeah, and I, I think. A lot of credit to the writers and the director for this, which again they've grown as well. You can mm. tell they've the pacing of this film, um, especially from a phase perspective. I, I suppose if we're still in the phase perspective here, mm. um, the pacing of this film felt more like an MCU film and not like a Sony cross MCU film. If that makes sense, sure. this fully felt like a Marvel film. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing that Sony's done is like, okay, Amy Pascal, you now understand that Peter needs to be in the MCU more. Mm. That's fine. You can have your Pascal pictures at the front because you still own the property. But now you understand this is going to make more money if it's if it's Marvel yeah. MCU full, you know, yeah. front and center. So, I th- I, yeah, r- really well-paced film. Like yes. he was always on the go. There was always something. But yep. the true, and this is where one of the perfect moments for me came into it, was when you fully understood that he is getting divided. Like we haven't seen a proper Peter Parker, Spider-Man division moment apart from possibly you can say in the Raimi ones, but they were too ham-fisted. This one does it so subtly and so well that you finally understand the tug of war that happens with peter Mm. like he Mm. wants to sit there with mj and tell her how he feels but he's got a mission to do and he's got this responsibility everyone wants him to be the next iron man he doesn't want to be the next iron man he wants to be a kid that was handled superbly that was one of my perfect moments where i sat back and i'm like okay i can understand where tors and dl are coming from here Mm. because that was perfect yes and the sense of consequence and the sense of you know, if I'm the next Iron Man, does that mean one day I, I end up dead? Yeah, there's a finality to it because, yeah. like, yeah, heavy does lie the crown. Like that's yeah. the thing. Um, yeah. So I mean, and as it as it rounded out the phase, I suppose that was it was really really good, yes. really really well done, really <laughs> succinct. Haha, <laughs> Now it's your dog's turn. <laughs> the perils of having pets. What the hell, <laughs> Dobby, Dobby. What the hell, man? <laughs> He's like the size of a shoebox. What's he going to do? I know, but little dogs yeah. always have fight. <laughs> so, yeah, so as as uh, as the end of a phase, I think 
bringing it back down to street level, to the consequences, mm. to all of our understanding that you can't get away from every battle unscathed um, and to the, the level of threat and then real-world consequence of it. It yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Um, of course, it's another thing. It's a sequel. Yeah, which, I, as I said to you off air, I'm like, it, let's take the phase thing away mm. and have a look at this as uh, the second installment in John Watts' home Spider-Man, yeah. inverted commas, uh, film. Uh, yes. This was, to me, so much more enjoyable than, than Homecoming. There, was, there were points awesome. in Homecoming which I thought were done a little bit better mm-hmm. than, than this. Not too many, to be honest. I felt, again, the pacing of this was so much better. The writing of this, the, the juggling of the relationships within the film... Yeah. The action set pieces, the beats that were happening, the stakes that were raised, yep. all done really, really well. Totally. Really succinctly. Um, so that's that's really encouraging. So yes. I think, as a sequel, I think this is probably one of the best ones that I've seen. Everyone's going to say Spider-Man 2 with the Raimi ones. I think this is one of the best Spider-Man sequels to date. If not one of the best Spider-Man films you know, in live action. Yeah. A I lot think of people are saying that. It's easily the best Spider-Man sequel film. Mm. And a lot of the things that make it a great sequel film is uh, he's so much more in control of his abilities. Mm. He just, that you can really see it now being so much his second nature. That glorious shot over Tower Bridge where it goes slow motion and you can see him turning in the air and uh, making the decision of how he's going to, um, like, web up the drones and everything is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, in the first one you have him not really understanding his suit or how to work it, and then in this one you have the uh, evolution of him being able to create his own suit and make the decisions of what that suit's going to be and, and how he's going to use it, which is yeah. excellent. And, of course, one of the best and most subtle uh, nods to him being Iron Man's protege and stepping into his shoes, which was beautifully done. And then mm. Mysterio, because Mysterio is, of course, you know, Mysterio dies, which kind of ruins the idea of Sinister Six, but Mysterio is one of the Sinister Six. Does he die? Yeah, I mean, well, no, he checked He checked with Edith, and Edith says it's right, really dead. Tro- okay, this is conspiracy time, right? Because he, okay. Edith is an acronym. Yes. Even even, dead, I'm the hero. Even dead, I'm the hero. He took over Edith, and he understood how to manipulate that. Yes. Yes, You're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe she... There is the theory that he has manipulated that somehow. Yeah. And he's still alive. However, it's debatable. It's debatable, but I I like that theory in terms of what it means for future films. But I can't see Jake Gyllenhaal signing on for more than one. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he obviously had a ball doing it, but it he was did. it was so well done. Uh, his performance was fabulous. It was so well yep. done that Quentin Beck really is intelligent. His motivation for it was great. Getting all those people to come back with their little backstories was mm. excellent. And it was such a great way to handle Mysterio that he was uh, originally a stuntman and all of it was illusion. But this time yep. we've made him somebody who created illusion tech yeah. And, th- like, it, it was such a brilliant way to wrap up Tony and the consequences yeah. of Tony and the consequences we, of the snap. Can we dive into a few of those relationships? Because, like, the relationship between Quentin Beck and Peter Parker at that time mm. 
that was that was superb. The relationship so between good. Zendaya and Tom Holland is superb. Oh, the rela- like the, the relationships, how it was handled yes. in this film, yes, were fantastic. Oh, um, but Zendaya I did, I did message. Is so underrated. Know. She's oh, heavenly. Yeah, she she did it. Like think about the other Spider-Man films where you had the damsel in distress, MJ. This one is unapologetically truthful, and she is her own person. She's not yeah. the stereotypical. I'm in distress and need saving. Like, and they play it so well, that bit where, you know, she says, you know, he gives her the necklace and the necklace is broken and he's upset about it. And she goes, no, I, I like it better broken. The way he just kind of laughs and goes, I like you so much. Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah. you guys are so cute. And the way John Watts actually, he, he has a really great grasp on teenage relationships and yeah. how awkward they are and how really quite... <laughs> Yeah, like just un- unnerving at times because you're just looking at it and you're like, man, that's cringy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my the God. Only, fucking Ned. I remember yeah. when I fell in love. Shut up, Ned. Mm, that's, and that's the only thing that I felt like really there were a couple of times where I felt like they needed to do a quick scene change and they had Ned there doing a joke that sometimes for me felt like that they didn't have a clean way to change scene. So they put a joke in there with Ned and it just... That's some. That's the only thing out of this whole film that annoyed me. That's funny because Dale's take. I think I know which part you mean. So when Ned realizes that MJ also now knows that he's Spider Man, he goes, "You know, I've known first and for longer and everything." And uh, Dale actually mentioned that scene specifically as well for exact opposite reason. He said, "I love that they held on a little longer and kept those." relationships because that's exactly how a teenager would behave instead yeah. of cutting straight to an action action scene and i totally get that as well and yeah. that's why i was like look i understand why it's been done however we're just like the arc of this like progression from essentially this is him really speeding forward because he's going yeah. from teenager to you need to take on this responsibility uh, pretty much becoming a man all in the space of you know mm. one one or two days. So, uh, yeah, I get why it was done. I just thought sometimes it was too much, like on the Ferris wheel. Oh, I think I have a mint. I'm like, funny, but like, uh, like, do you know what I mean? There were just too many of them. If there was a couple, I could totally be okay with it. Mm. But I just felt like they didn't give Ned enough to do. If he had more to do and less to say, I would be happy. Sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, it was just very Spider-Man-y because yeah. if Ned's the man in the chair and you're on a tour somewhere, there is no man in the chair moment. Um, though I like that he said, oh, I'm still I'm still your guy in the chair, like when yeah, yeah. he was talking about being with Betty and everything. So I I mean, my feeling towards that would, it was just very Ned, very Spider-Man-y. Yeah, and kind that's of fine. That like I said, it was just too many of feel. the like um, – yeah, too many scenes like that. I just okay. felt like there could have been one less. And I'll speak about another scene which I actually feel like didn't really need to happen, although mm. I'm happy that it did, which is a weird spot to be in. Mm. But back to Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. I can understand why they wanted to bring him on for this specific role because he had even me fooled for a microsecond where I yeah. thought, Maybe he is from a different world and he's being really because he played it so well. He played it so well. And then the switch to being an asshole was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he really was 
uh, his conviction in why he was doing the thing mm. and then his conviction being so strong that he's doesn't want to hurt the kid. Now he's going to have to hurt the kid. If you had done your job properly, I wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. Oh, fine. I'll have to do it myself and Although, being willing to go all the way. I will say something that Homecoming did a little bit better hmm. than this was the fact that this villain, as much as I loved it, as mm. much as I loved his portrayal, the way that Homecoming kind of brought in this personal thing with Vulture about him being the dad of the... and that kind of twist, I felt like that villain was worked a little bit better than this particular one. Yeah, but however, I think what's interesting about Mysterio and what's going to happen to Peter from now on is Mysterio is now the first in a long line of mentors who are going to let him down. Mm. He's going to spend the rest of his life trying to find another Tony. He thought he had it in Mysterio and Mysterio is a bad guy. He's going to think that he has it in Dr. Octavius. And then we get Doc Ock. He's going to think that he has it in Dr. Connors and you're going to get, uh, what's his name? Lizard? Lizard. Reptile? Lizard. 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 Yeah. He's over and over and over again. Yeah, he's going yeah. to be looking for a Tony and get let down. So that's yeah. really I, I, interesting for the Dark Knight of the Soul over the entire Spider-Man journey. Totally, totally, and I and I and I agree with you wholeheartedly because that part of it was done really well. Mm. But I just felt like, as a villain in inverted commas, this was just handled in a way which was very different. I get why. I don't begrudge anything that happened because I think, especially for his psyche, yeah, this was needed. And as you say, yeah, the men in his life are the ones that are letting him down at the moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Happy. Um, so it's it's a really But even Happy, thing. like having a thing for his aunt is still yeah, it's like, just you like, know, oh, Happy, come on, dude. Yeah. But it's a, it, this also plays on that vision line from uh, Civil War, our very strength invites challenge. Yes. And Spider-Man has proved himself to be formidable, actually quite formidable, really skilled, really strong, clearly very intelligent. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal's line, never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. Yeah. So we are now going beyond the threat of somebody's father and that personal connection. And hence the far from home title as yeah. well, that we're, we're pulling back further away from his personal relationships. And now it's going to be bigger and bigger threats that yes, obviously has some connection with because of Doc Ock and everything, but they're leveled up yeah. from now on. Yeah. And did you pick up on, and this was my second thing where I'm like, I have to tell Tors and DL that yes, that moment was perfect. His spider sense. So the Peter Tingle. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> so um, funny. So why that's not working? Because yeah. when he felt it, it was in Infinity War. Mm. Right, and that's yep. why he had the prolonged death scene, and then that then comes full circle when he sees Tony die. So yep. when Aunt May throws him a banana and it's not working, it's not working because it's like a, a a personal like trauma. Yes, and then he's faced with a psychological trauma, which, by the way, that smoke and mirrors scene with the oh, that that's amazing, that was perfect as well. So that's yep. that's three now. <laughs> yeah, three points that I can point out that's like that's perfect but why it wasn't working and how that comes back to working and him trusting that having to accept and kind of in his own mind get back to that point mm. of really accepting that yes tony's gone yeah. that was perfect yeah tony's and, gone and tying, have to tying that into his spider sense and yes. why that was defaulting yeah that's perfect that was and really well done the moment where he closed his eyes and yeah. uh 
fought the drones on the bridge. And because we've seen it twice, it mo- it happens quite quickly. But if you watch it again, you'll see that he does that whole scene with his eyes shut. Yes, yes. I noticed which is that, yeah. Which great. is really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. And my final perfect moment, which I was like, oh, man, like acting chops. The scene with Peter and Happy in the plane where he's like, I just, oh, I don't, I, I can't be. And he's like, you so can't be good. Iron Man. No one can be Iron Man. Tony was a mess. That was perfect. Yes. And a yeah. credit to the writers because that was really good. How do you explain to a kid who has the weight of the world on his shoulders that not everything is how it seems? And this yeah. kind of perception versus deception, which is a current theme throughout this whole film, was perfectly portrayed in that yeah. one scene, which was the, like uh, how everyone perceives Iron Man in inverted commas compared to what Tony is. Tony was a mess. He second guessed everything. Yeah. yeah, no one can live up to Tony, not even Tony yeah. is one of the lines. But yeah, Tom Holland is the real deal. He oh, is yeah. so fucking good. I could watch and him be Spider-Man until he's like 60, 70 years old. Yes. And one of the things, you know, since we're still talking about it as a sequel, one of the things that has also happened is that he started to put on muscle. Yep. So he's a, he's a small guy and he's always going to be a small guy, but he gymnast. was a gymnast and a dancer. Mm. Um, and he had that really life fit. Which I think. You don't want to get too bulky for Spidey. Oh, like, is, he's always kind I of don't think this... he'll ever be able to be bulky. No, but I but I agree. He's he's definitely fleshing out if yes. that makes sense. But that works because he's starting to get a little more mannish, he's starting to fill out, which means yep. we can grow with him. Yeah. Out of high school into university, yeah. college, which is... whatever, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. It's it's kind of yes. cool to do that and to to grow up with these characters is is really fun. Hmm. And yeah, like I like I said, I can watch Tom Holland be this Spider Man. I think he's the best live action Spider Man. I think so many other 100%. actors have tried to play this kind of youthful. I'm still in high school thing. You feel it with Tom. That's the yes. thing. He, you believe he's a, he's high school. He's like 22, 23, yeah. something like that. But that, he like the beginning when perfectly. Aunt May asks Spider-Man to say hello, like at the mic and he's got hey. the, hi, everyone, and yeah. it comes out like really very high-pitched mm. and silly, um, which was brilliant. But his, yes, his emotional outburst on the plane is mm. gorgeous. And, and then the way the it was th- shot too, like d- John Watts, man, like the whole yeah. holding of the arm and then seeing Happy looking at it, he's like, what? And he's like, nothing. Like, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. The, back in, the back in black music, which was from Iron Man 1, and he's <laughs> I like, know. I love Led Zeppelin. Like, so good. Really good. It's just <laughs> so really so well Spider-Man. directed. Very Spider-Man. And yes. like the smoke and mirrors scene, that mm. was to me, and I, I don't know how DL felt because I know that he watched the 90s um, cartoon, was yes. that that was directly from... Yeah, like the animated series. That's how I felt, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, and they've, they've done managed their to do all of this without turning naff. Because one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of mankind is Spider-Man Three, yeah. and we're getting already darkness out of Tom Holland without it being petulant emo yeah. bullshit. Yeah. yeah, just proper acting. Like nothing against yeah. Tobey Maguire because I think he did a really good job, but but. Spider-Man 3, they were asking him to go darker and they just didn't have a good grip on what exactly, what points. They went silly. Yeah, it went camp, to be honest. Whereas what this was doing was really kind of going, well, the real 
the real darkness for him is the fact that he can't do what he wants. Yep. Yep. Like and, that, he, and, and that's and he's recognizing real. he's just never gonna be able to. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Okay, so let's talk oh, yeah. about um the biggest surprise of this film and it was Oof. not Mysterio's uh reveal as a bad guy. No, no, it was the two end credit scenes. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I wasn't I Nobody mm, was man. ready for this shit. Nobody mm. was ready. I've I've, I've had Nobody. many discussions with so many nerds about this and I'm like, what is the perfect nerd casting ever for any film? And every fucking single time, man, I'm like J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. That's perfect. You can't recast that. Fuck yeah, and I'm, back. Holy shit. And the I can't way believe that, it. <laughs> the way it's done as like this Alex Ross kind of yes. like InfoWars style yes. where he's just, it's like dailybugle.net. Like, oh, it's incredible. Oh. Absolutely. It's perfect. It's perfect. No one, no one no saw one. that coming. No one. And what's that was so the, really good. That, that fucking Mysterio fake video is so cruel and this is a complete game changer for any spider-man story because spider-man is always masked except in civil war the comics where he unmasked himself to be on tony stark's team right yes so they've kind of flipped that on its head and gone okay this is what happened in the comics Mm. this is what we're going to do in the film same same idea though but this has more dire consequences. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what's really interesting about this is uh, there are no uh, secret identities in the MCU. No, no. It's... Like Thor in the comics is um, Douglas something. You see the name in Thor 1 where uh, it's got a, like, hello, my name is sticker on the shirt that of the clothes that he's borrowed from Natalie Portman. She goes, oh, that's my ex, and rips it off. So that's actually his... Um, that's cool. I didn't know that. Isn't that great? Yeah, so oh. that's actually his secret identity, usually in the comics. So all these secret identities have been done away with in the MCU. Yeah. Nobody has one. Uh, not even Black Widow after she dumps all the secrets uh, during Winter, uh, yeah, Winter Soldier and stuff. Yeah. So the only person that's been in a mask all this time is Peter, and now yep. he has been unmasked. Yeah, and, I and mean, that's a problem for everyone. <laughs> this and this changes everything. Like I don't think people are fully. I think a few of them have. I don't think everyone's kind of fully grasped the idea of what this does in terms of how this is going to change the MCU. Hmm. This now, he's a he's a wanted vigilante. Yep. Right, because we have Mysterio who has deceived a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. and he was seen as this hero. We now have J. Jonah Jameson plastering news yes. about him being a hero and how Spider Man is, you know, a menace. And I thought it was so great to hear him say that again. Spider Man's yeah. a menace. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, this is crazy to me because, like, from a street level perspective, where do you go? You're a kid, right? Yeah. You you may be the strongest Avenger, but you're a kid. Like, where are you going to go when everybody knows who you are? What are you going to do? My uh-uh. only thing that I can think of, you got to get off world. <laughs> like, Which, you, you know, brings us to the yeah. second end credit scene where we discover that Maria Hill and Nick Fury have not been Maria Hill and Nick Fury this entire time, but have in fact been Skrulls. Uh, Should I in- call it? 
I'm pretty sure I called it. Secret yeah. Wars. So Talos has been impersonating Nick Fury. And here's, here's all these questions. So then we find out Nick Fury is on a Skrull ship in the mm. middle of space somewhere. So here's all the fucking questions. How long have the Skrulls been, inter- in, been impersonating high-level members of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and whichever? How did they come back? Because in the 90s, when they left with mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, they were going to find a new home. So why are they back? How long has Fury been on a spaceship? Uh, yeah. When? Okay, and here's some fun stuff from the film. That is the first time we have heard anyone refer to Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Yeah. So when did that name get applied? Is it like Mysterio where everyone just started calling her that? But we've had no explanation. That name was just said. And I love that once you've seen it, when you see it a second time, as we did all in the same day, you start to see little signals yeah. that Nick isn't quite Nick. So he, he says, says ca- not s- your world. Yes. He said it our world. Exactly. That so he says two things. He says two things. First of all, when he says Captain Marvel, he says, don't invoke her name because she's sacred to them, basically. Yeah. And then the second one, he says, uh, he's from... Uh, he's from Earth, just not your Earth. Yeah. That's yeah. the first one that I picked up on, and I'm like, that's strange. Yeah. And then Why would when you I say your? Yeah, I'm like, that's <laughs> weird. And then I'm like, how could Nick Fury be deceived that bad? Like, right? Why wouldn't he check that Quentin Beck was actually yeah. in Stark Industries? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Fury 101, it's a background check. Yeah. Makes sense, considering it's Talos. So, um, yeah, it... it <laughs> It was it was fun. The Ben to Mendelsohn uh, uh, reveal was so good. You know, it was really touching, really touching moment. Yeah. Uh, and then everything um, went, uh, went the downhill. <laughs> <laughs> everything kind of just went off the rails, and we kind of need you back. <laughs> this is so we've been saying for ages that Phase Four was going to go cosmic, yeah. and this has launched that end credit scene has absolutely launched Phase Four, and certainly into now. the cosmicness of it all how i feel that peter's identity can remain a secret is if secret war secret invasion becomes a thing in the next phase Mm. you need one sort of uh psa saying that either mysterio was a skrull or kree invader Mm mm-hmm and that he was lying, or yep. you have a scroll impersonate Spider-Man, and then you get to understand that that's not Peter Parker. It was actually a scroll. Hence, Peter Parker can keep his identity. Right. Those are the two areas at which they can go, at least mm-hmm. from what I can see. If you want to keep Peter grounded, because to be honest, you take his identity away. You take the struggle that this whole film has been going through away. And let me explain that. The whole idea is that he's struggling between being normal and wanting to do normal things and doing the superhero thing. Now they've forced him to pretty much wash away Peter Parker because everybody knows you're Spider-Man. Yeah. You can't go to the grocery store, man. You can't like <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting conflict though, because all the conflict we're used to seeing is him conflicted between Spider Man versus Peter. Now it's going to be the conflict of everyone knows they're one and the same. How do you reconcile within yourself that Spider Man is Peter, Peter is Spider Man? 
they don't separate when you put on the costume. It kind of it brings just... me back to that homecoming thing where Tony was talking like about the suit. He's yep. like, if you're not good with it. Yes. You know. But it's... speaking of Tony, I am Iron Man. Yeah. They yeah, were and... one and the same for Tony. So his, now his we're, identity, we're bringing man. him into Iron Man levels. Of I understand that this is a very unusual direction to take Spider-Man. It's never happened before. But like yeah, we're not, like... not in cinematic universes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is such an interesting way to further push him into the shoes of Tony Stark because For now sure. you are Spider-Man and, and there's people, no there's no two ways about it. People who he's put away or they're going to target Aunt May. They're going to target people close yes. to him. And that's, that's really where it's going to ramp up, which I'm yep. like, okay, I can see what you're doing there. But the identity thing is for me, I'm like... We just spent so long trying mm. to, you know, talk about this division and now you've just washed it away. Like, ugh, I mean, that's I trust what it. was so shocking about yeah, it. Yeah, I was just like, what the? And I had the same thing as what he did in the film. Yeah, which exactly. Was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, like, was it was great. Incredible. Yeah, Those, but- yeah I screamed at the, at the cinema. Oh, I was sitting next to, like, next to me was like an eight year old kid. And then on the right to me were a couple of teenage girls. And. Both had the same reaction, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, moving forward and, and pushing him as the face of the MCU, because typically when you look at Marvel Comics, right, mm. it's Spider-Man. Everything is Spider-Man. They have a Spider-Man logo pretty much at the top of all the old school comics. There was the Spider-Man logo um, yep. of like the spider face. Um, but in the MCU, it's been it's been Tony, it's been Iron Man. That's the face of the universe. And now they're yeah. shifting it to Spider Man. <sighs> what a way to do it! Like it's just to me, it it raised so many questions yes. about what exactly you plan to do with this. Yeah, they could do what you were saying and, and trying to move that into the I am Iron Man thing, mm. or they can try and figure out a way to absolve the massive, massive conflict between now everybody knows who you are, they're going to target everyone close to you. And that's yep. a problem because, like, the the reveal of, like, how MJ had kind of n- known about Peter and how she yeah. was 67% sure, Yeah, um, that was really nice. But now it's Ned and now it's MJ and Happy and Aunt May and more and more people and now everybody knows. Yeah. So it's like... But that's what, great. What that's the, a classic what? Peter struggle, though, how to protect all of the people <laughs> from himself. Like, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, it's great. This... It, it's it forces him. It's going not that he needs it because the character is annoying and immature, but as in, it forces him to have to step up, ramp up in a much bigger level. Which means when we get mm. to uh, the next Spider-Man, we've had really good progression between Homecoming and Far From Home. When we get to the next one, it is going to be next level again. The stakes are I mean. much higher. I feel like the, the pacing of it's going to get quicker and quicker because this yeah. one felt like he was constantly on the move. He was constantly getting, you know, whenever yeah. he had a time to rest, he had to be pulled somewhere. Yeah. I Look, feel like Act the next three one... of this film was great. And if you think of uh, films one, two, three as acts one, two, three, this yeah. third act of Spider-Man sh- is going to be huge. Yeah, and I, I really hope they have John Watts to, to finish off his trilogy because yeah. he did a really good job with this. Really, yeah. really good job. 
Yeah. Tweet right. us at the underscore nerd reserve. What do you think are the implications of those two end credit scenes? What are we going to do with an unmasked Spider-Man? And uh, do we have secret wars coming at us? What's what's about to happen? Well, I mean, the Kree is still out there, right? And yes, and there was a line in the film that said, um, I thought Kree sleeper, Kree sleeper cells was uh, confidential information or something like that. So they yeah. acknowledge there's Kree sleeper cells on Earth. Yeah, so there's been a few little hints. And also, did you see as they were swinging in that final kind of act uh, just before Peter got revealed Mm. um there was a sign on one of the metro things which was um one and then it went to two and then it went to three and then it went to a question mark and it said we can't wait to show you what's next it was clearly (laughs) like clearly a nod yeah clearly a nod and a lot of people have speculated yes that could mean phase four but does it mean fantastic four because the question mark's on a four so I was made of aware of a rumor today that perhaps uh John Krasinski and Emily Blunt husband and wife team will play Reed and Sue Richards oh he'd be the perfect Reed Richards and she she, would be an amazing amazing. Sue Storm that's 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 really good wouldn't that be incredible yeah. Oh, I back that 100%. And you know the Avengers Tower that he kind of flew through? Yes, he did, yes. Uh, that could be the new... There's rumours that's Oscorp. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because that... they did not show us the top of the building with no, any kind of logo. Nothing. So I don't know whether it's the Baxter building for Fantastic Four or whether it's yeah. Oscorp. Yeah. But first of all, we need to get an introduction to Harry. I think that's the next thing for him. What I we find need... interesting is that they're almost setting up there's there's an opportunity to actually set up Flash Thompson um to be a Harry-esque character. They really lent into the fact that he has no relationship with his parents that he's yeah. largely ignored by them. He's now going to find out the kid he hates most in school is his favorite hero. That's really going to do a number on him. It's quite interesting that they've they've there's some breadcrumbs there that could lead to him being a Harry-esque character. Agreed. I I picked up on the fact that like when he had the glasses on, you could read his text saying, you know, haven't heard from you guys in a while. And then yeah. when he was getting picked up by his chauffeur, mum couldn't be there. So it that's interesting. I'm yeah. more interested to see because there has been links, at least online rumors, that his mum has been linked to Norman Osborne. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there could be a tenuous link there. But I like your thinking. I like where that's going. Because hmm. they really, I mean, I don't know whether it's just sort of we're seeing more of Flash and they're kind of building empathy or it is a signaling that he's going to become something in the future where he's so isolated and angry but mm. clearly also has a shitload of wealth to his disposal Yeah, uh, that, that something could I happen there. I personally would like to see him take on Hobgoblin. So yes. not green, but Hobgoblin. I yes, think that would yeah, be yeah, really yeah. cool. Like that is a nice little twist. The guy who plays Ned, and I don't agree with this at all, has been petitioning to play Hobgoblin. He wants Ned to turn and become Hobgoblin. Makes no sense, and I don't think he could do no, it. But Flash so turning either. and becoming Flash Hobgoblin. Flash turning because sure. he would have the resources. Yeah. He would have and the, you know. He has the resources and is smart. Yep. And, and, and he's going to resent Peter. Of, nice leaning into how either Norman can take up that mantle and being Green Goblin or yeah. But I mean, 
the way that Green Goblin was handled in the past Spider-Man films was okay, but it wasn't... Yeah. That casting needs to be really on point. And so far, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio was perfect. Uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture was perfect. Uh, yeah, it's, it's... I think they'll do it. Yeah, it's a big call, but... Yeah. No, yeah. I have I have faith in these films being in the hands of the people it's in right now. They've yep. done a, a really, really good job with these stories. And kudos to Sony for not spoiling absolutely everything in the marketing. I know. Thank Christ for that. Yeah. That's okay, what I mean. No. Amy Pascal, she's actually got her head screwed on and is like, right, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All righty, friends, Romans, countrymen, uh, send us, exactly, send us all of the Spider-Man tweets at the underscore nerd reserve. Mm. Uh, of course, you can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram, but yeah, we're, we're tweets people all the, over the, all the over twiddles. the Twitters. Yeah, we're twits. Um, <laughs> Naturally, we love making these podcasts for our subscribers. Uh, you can hit subscribe and become a part of the fam if you like or chuck us a like wherever you are at. If you're just here for this episode, though, it was lovely having you with us mm. for our full circle back to Spider-Man again. Boy, yeah. how we love it. Yeah, I think it's crazy to think that our first mm. episode was Homecoming. Uh, and that was, what, 20... Uh, what, was the, what was the year of that? I how long have we been doing this? Time. Like, God, over a, a year, a year and a half, two years. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, uh, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I gotta say, man, like I, I don't think this was the perfect, perfect film, but there were so many perfect moments in there that it's it got very close to being a ten out of ten. Like I would give this a solid eight or nine. As a binary ranking, it's definitely a one. That's for sure. Oh yeah, like, totally. So. But tweet, tweet, email to thenerdreserve at gmail.com if you have a lengthy reply. Where do you feel Marvel are going to take Peter? Are they going to take him off world and go cosmic? Are they going to keep him grounded and make him deal with everyone after him? Um, <laughs> is he going to... Uh, I, I don't know. I, that's the thing. I don't know. And this is such mm. a great spot to be in as a Marvel fan, in inverted commas. I'm yeah. usually the DC guy, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> As a Marvel fan, I'm in a very peculiar spot because usually I know what's going to happen. I usually know, right, this is the trajectory. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we're starting from scratch. <laughs> it's it's a whole new phase. We'll see. We shall see. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, namaste, friends. We hope you have a wonderful week until we speak to you again. You stay safe out there. If you're in Sydney or Australia generally, enjoy the rain. Mm. Um, and if you're somewhere warmer, cool, enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and a fine cup of fuck you if you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love Everybody you. Everybody needs four seasons. <laughs> oh, dearie. All right, people. Thanks All for right. listening in, and we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Peace.